joining us now. They are the hosts of Subpar with Colt and Drew. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz join us. Boys, welcome into the golf shop. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, first off, uh, you guys having fun yet? I mean, this thing's fairly new, uh, and uh, how's it going so far? And it's, uh, we're having a great time. We've, uh, we've filmed a few episodes of uh, Golf Subpar, the podcast. Um, we've got, I think, three interviews done. We've only aired one so far. One has aired. We have recorded three, and we're recording our fourth as we speak. We're here in about 30 minutes after we get done here. So, yeah, it's, it's coming off uh, going well. We're having some good times with these guys. We've gotten lucky to get the guests that we've got, and uh, we're excited about it, man. We're trying to, trying to bring a little fun to the golf world. So how long have you two known each other, and uh, how does that translate into uh, on-air stuff? Yeah, so uh, Drew and I met back in college. He was at CCU over in Fort Worth, and I was at SMU in Dallas. And we crossed paths in a few tournaments. Never really got to play with each other that much because, you know, he was kind of bringing up the rear as a five-man over there at CCU. <laughs> but I was a center. I was a center of our golf. I was a solid five, dude, yeah, solid five. But, uh so we had known each other for quite a bit, and then I would come out here to Arizona after I turned professional in the winter every once in a while, and we'd, we'd get together, play golf, and uh, now that I've moved out here full-time, we almost probably spend too much time together, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a little obnoxious at this point. I could use less. It's right. We have a we have a great relationship. We're having a lot of fun, um, and I couldn't imagine doing this thing with anybody else. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Edit that, 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 that nice part thing out. He's ever Edit said. that out. Delete it. <laughs> All right, so Colt, I've got to ask the, uh, the the twenty million dollar question. How hard was it to step away from the PGA Tour? Well, if they had given me twenty million, I'd have stayed around a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was it was very difficult. I'll be honest. Um, you know, I've, I've been dealing with some injuries the last few years. I was playing on a medical, and just never could get my game back to where I where I really wanted it. And so I knew I knew it was coming to an end. I got down to my last few starts and decided, you know, now that I live out here in Phoenix, there's no more enjoyable tournament than the Waste Management Phoenix Open to yeah, me, and I wanted to end sure. my career there. And uh, it was a blast. It sucked the way it all happened, how I missed it up by like a shot by like one, one or two people. Um, it was tough to step away, but I'm so excited for what Drew and I are doing. Um, and then also I have some opportunities with CBS coming here starting in April that I could be more excited about. Uh, this is Matt. Drew, I, I was going to ask you a question. Did you play professionally? Oh, huge professional career, man. I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't heard of it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I uh, came out of college the same year as Colt. I have found myself playing a lot of the mini-tour events around the U.S. Okay. and pretty much everywhere. I played Canada, man. I played in Mexico. I went all over the place, played everywhere you can play from the lowest-end mini-tour events to one PGA Tour start down in Maya Copa. No big deal. That was, my, uh, that was my hello and goodbye. But, yeah, I played for about seven years uh out of college and kind of played all over the map man just a standard dude trying to make it had some good opportunities had a corner i had a web.com card for a year there uh my last year playing it just wasn't getting a lot of starts when i was wasn't playing well and you know i said you know what just i've had just about enough of this i can go do something else and uh have more fun so that's what exactly what i'm doing now that's all right, Drew. I, I tried to walk on at uh, Clemson uh, back in the uh late 80s early early 90s and uh, that's when i realized that I should just go have fun for my last couple of years at school and then go get a job. Smart man. Smart man. You learned earlier than I did, and it saved you a lot of money, a lot of money in years of trying, I'll tell you that. It's only because he's from Massachusetts, and I guess, you know, all those uh, all those schools up there may, may have rubbed off on him. <laughs> yeah, he got, yeah, out, he got exactly. out at the right time. 
All right. So, what what are you guys uh, what are you guys trying to accomplish? I mean, is it out there trying to to catch up with all the the top players, get the insight, uh, kind of give us a feel for what you plan on doing, kind of uh, show in and show out? Yeah. So, I mean, we we've been like Drew said earlier, we've been lucky enough to have awesome guests. Um, you know, we started off with world number three John Rom. Awesome. Uh, tomorrow we'll debut Gary Woodland's episode, which is incredible. And you know. I'm a huge fan of golf, huge fan of sports and all this, and I, we just try to bring, show a different side of these guys and women when we, when we bring in women guests as well. It's just every, it seems like a lot of the interviews, a lot of the same questions are asked, and we just want to make it different for these guys. All these guys out on tour, for the most part, have incredible personalities, and we just want to, we just want to show that, show what they like to do off the golf course, show that they're just normal people that happen to be really good at something. All right, so that begs the question. As you start asking these guys for interviews, I mean, you're, you're going to get an, a lot of them, obviously, because you both have ties to the tour. Um, who's least likely to give you an interview that maybe you've rubbed the wrong way, uh, maybe you've had a little <laughs> a, conversation what with kind of, before? What kind of question yeah, is that? That's a good question. It's things you want to know. That's a great question. That's a great question. I'll speak on that. I haven't necessarily rubbed anyone the wrong way because I haven't really rubbed anyone at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> I haven't been out that. I do know I do know a lot of these guys like just from playing and you know, a lot of them came up through the mini tours and stuff like that. I got really good relationships with a lot of these guys, Colt even more so obviously from playing on tour. But uh, I can't speak of anyone that I've necessarily like wronged in the past to the point where they would be like, yo, I don't want to come on your show. I hate you type of deal. I think Tiger might be a little bit of far-fetched, but if you want our, like, white whales, guys that we really want to get on the show more than anything, I don't know who Colts would be. I'm kind of throwing Tiger out just because I don't think he would even entertain doing something like this with uh, two idiots like ourselves. I don't know. We've had him on four times. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) We need to hire y'all as a booking (laughs) agent. But uh, I want to get – this one's somewhat realistic. I would love to get Anthony Kim in here. Wow. Yeah, what he's yeah. been up to, what he's doing. Everybody wants to know. You hear stories about him all over the place all the time. I would love nothing more than an hour or, or five hours. Yeah, for sure. I would be my white whale type of guy. Yeah, we kind of lost you there a little bit uh, to get back into. Uh, Colt, I, you know, have you rubbed anybody? I mean, because you're a Twitter guy, and I, and I follow you on Twitter, and you've had some good battles on Twitter. I mean, is, is it fun to do stuff like that to you as long as it really doesn't cross the line? I mean, I think it's fun. I, I loved it. Um, I'm no longer allowed to do it, though. <laughs> so I have to be... He's been neutered, guys. He's been, neutered, he's been, he's been neutered. Exiled. Um, yeah, and I never had any run-ins with other tour players on Twitter. It was mostly just the dudes that, you know, sleep in their... The fantasy basement. golf players. Yeah. Like, hey, you ruined my lineup, guy. You stink. You cost me five bucks. Why'd you miss the cut? I'm like, oh, really? I was, I was crying, you know? But I think for the most part, in any other tour, I would tell you this. I mean, I was friendly with pretty much everybody out there. I would go up and down the range talking to everybody. It would, you know, I'd, I'd get to the range an hour before my tea time, but I would only warm up for about 15 minutes because I'd be busy talking to everybody. Um, so I've been lucky to have awesome relationships with most of the guys out there. Um, probably won't throw anyone under the bus who I don't think will come on, but uh, I, think we'll, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people with some of the great guests we have. Nice. Again, we're talking with uh, Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. They are subpar with Colt and Drew. And uh, let everybody know where they can find the podcast. Well, you can find it pretty much everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, golf.com. Um, it, it's going to be everywhere. Go out there and listen. Like I said, it's called Subpar with Colt and Drew, and it's going to be a blast. And like I said, our first episode with John Rom was a huge success. 
that, and uh, they're only going to get better. Yeah, we got John Rahm to uh, show off some of his wrapping skills, which I don't think a lot of the world knew <laughs> that he had. So if you if you got a chance to look at it on video, it's on YouTube, Golf Subpar. We got Rahm at the end of the interview wrapping the Kendrick Lamar. So I think he, I think that opened up a lot of eyes. So Spaniard uh, coming in, with Span- a Spanish fire. rapper, yeah, Spanish rapper. That's yeah. got to be a yeah. first. It really ha- it has to be a first. There's, there's got to be a top forty chart for that somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, yeah, he, he deserves to be on it. He definitely deserves to be on it after that performance. I mean, Peter Jacobson, John Daly, John Rahm. I mean, that, that's got to be the trifecta of, uh, of golf um, musicians, right? Yeah, he's definitely in the mix. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know that he can play an instrument, but if you need vocals and something that rhymes, Donnie's your boy. Go get, go get the big Spaniard. He's got enough money he can hire instruments to play while he's rapping. I mean, you know. Not That's a, a good deal. point. He could he could buy the Red Hot Chili Peppers and be like, hey, I am them, and just rename them John Rom. All right, so let's get down and dirty. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about this yeah. on, on our show earlier. You know, Rory McIlroy, number one in the world, um, but has a history of, in the last couple of years, of some fourth-round meltdowns. We saw another one at Riviera. Uh, where, you know, and, and we've seen from, some from John Rahm as well. I mean, we know it's hard to win on any tour. We know it's hard to win anywhere, whether it's your club championship, uh, all the way up to, uh, you know, Masters, Open Championship, whatnot. Um, what do you make of, of some of these uh, kind of meltdowns that we've seen from Rory? I mean, he, he's obviously playing well enough to be number one in the world, but does this concern you at all when it starts talking major season? No, it, it doesn't concern me personally. Um, I think he's had so many successes and so many achievements. They outweigh the few failures he's had. Um, so it's tough. I mean, look, he was tied with Adam Scott and who was the other one going in the final round? Barner. And, and Harold Barner, I believe. Uh, Kuchar. Kuchar, yeah. Matt oh, Kuchar was the third. Adam Scott one. and Matt Kuchar going into the final round. I mean, you're not playing with me and Drew. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> good point. So good really, point. he ain't that good. Players. And a guy like Adam Scott, who has just been unbelievable around around Riviera Country Club. I mean, he's now the all-time money leader at Riviera Country Club. Um, I mean, look, sometimes you just get beat. Now, granted, he didn't play his best this day. He had one horrible hole to triple bogey on five. Right. Um, but, look, winning is, winning is hard. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. How many, you still get nervous that last day when you have a chance to win. And sometimes it just doesn't go his way. But, look, he's had way more success than failures in my mind. Yeah, and I think for a guy like Rory, especially when he gets number one in the world, he's in contention so often, and anytime he's near it, we expect him to close it, right? He's world number one, or he's right there, he's only two back. We expect Rory to be the guy. It's just not realistic that these guys go out close every single time. We got our, we got our like, standards skewed a little bit, watching Tiger Woods win every single time. Right. Himself, right? He never lost. So now we expect the rest of the world to do that when they, when they take over world number one. Yeah, it's it, not that easy. And so, like, it, it's just... It's win or nothing, win or failure for Rory at this point. And anytime he doesn't win, we look at it like, oh, he can't close or he can't do this or anything. I think it's just kind of a, a rough judgment. As good as he is, and he's on time to see it, there's going to be days. Yeah, and, and when he's on, he is unbeatable. Uh, that, that's yeah. that's what I've got on Rory. I mean, he just he, you cannot beat him if he's on. Well, but to, to, to kind of parlay that, do you think there's a – there's a little something in the back of his head when he tees it up at Augusta after the after the blown and the duck hook off of number 10, the blown lead. There's got to be something there that, that sticks in him, and, and it's going to take a phenomenal effort for him to overcome that, don't you think? Yeah, well, the only reason I think it still sticks in there is because 
members of the media, and now I have to do it myself. <laughs> Guys, really us. Yeah. 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 us. Yeah, so yeah. all of us. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. So Saturday night, if he's leading Augusta, I mean, he's going to get asked about it. And it sucks because it you know, makes him think about it constantly. But he's 2,000. He's going to get it done at some point around there, in my, my opinion. But like I said, the tour is so deep now. The field of the Masters is so deep. Um, it's hard, but I think he's going to get it done. Well, boys, we really appreciate you taking some time out with us. Uh, we're going to enjoy listening to the podcast uh, every time you roll it out. So keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to enjoy it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Make sure you check it out every, every Tuesday morning. There you go. All right, thanks a lot, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.